This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7. We're talking travel thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King. And today, Barry Warwick, we're heading off into the wild blue yonder. Yeah, well, I thought it's an ideal opportunity with the launch of V Australia that... Um, we talk about seating. Now, V Australia has um, just launched their services between here and the States, and uh, they've had some pretty good deals out. And in actual fact, they've got a great business class one to the state, which will finish today. Whether it'll be extended, I'm not quite sure, but it's around about 6000 Now, normally a business class seat to the state would cost you something like anywhere from ten to 15000 so uh, to do it on a return basis. So this has a, been a, a really great um, initiative by V Australia to, you know, uh, I guess perk up the market. Why are they calling themselves V Australia instead of Virgin? Well, it's something to do with the naming rights, and uh, I'm not quite sure what the whole scenario is behind it, but... Um, that's why Virgin Blue was called Virgin Blue because they couldn't actually use the the name Virgin um, for and, and as I said, I'm not quite sure of the reason. Pacific Blue was named so that it related to that, but they couldn't use the Virgin name outside. Um, now there's V Australia, and I guess it differentiates the product so that we've got a. Um, you know, it, it, I suppose it gives the the general public that it's an Australian airline, V for Virgin. So, um, but it's different from Pacific Blue. But it's different from Pacific Blue. They've they've gone and got new aircraft. It's the one. It ultimately it's the one company, but they just for their naming rights, they're not allowed to to um, to use the same. And um, as I said, it differentiates that it's the international. Um, it's going to um, fly from here to America and they're actually going to open up a, a route from here to South Africa as well and compete with Qantas and South African Airways. So um, that'll be really interesting. And I guess the other thing is that um, because they are part of the or related to the Virgin Group but there's different shareholder groupings in, in the Virgin Group, they will be able to offer a round-world fare. Now, at the moment, Again, they've got a really great special that finishes today, uh, which allows you to fly via Australia from here to Los Angeles, then Virgin Atlantic uh, across to England, and then come back to um, uh, via Hong Kong uh, back to Sydney. And it's a, a very uh, good value fare that, that's out there. But it's certainly a good opportunity, the launch of this airline, to have a look at airlines and facilities. It, it is, and, and what they have now, uh, V Australia will offer only a two-seat, um, oh, sorry, two-class seating to the United States, um, and that'll be business and um, it'll be the um, economy class. Now, there's... there's up to four classes of um, seating on aircraft these days, like uh, Qantas going to um, England on the A380. You have now have first class, business class, premium economy, and normal economy. And each of those um, appeal to a different segment of the, the market. And, um, you know, obviously first class uh, is fairly limited in, uh, in the appeal. Business class has gained a lot in popularity and all business classes just aren't the same anymore. Um, 
<laughs> so you need to know your airlines. You need to know your airlines and you need to, uh, you need to have a, a really close look. And some of the things that, uh, you know, they'll say, um, business class, you'll get flat bed. Well, there's lie flat and flat bed and they're just two, <laughs> two totally different seating concepts. One, you're still slightly, uh, the lie flat is usually you're still at a, a slight angle. Um, whereas lie flat, Whereas uh, completely flat, you're actually lying out flat. And uh, this has led to different configurations in business class. So once upon a time, you get on the aircraft and um, you could sit next to your spouse, I guess. But business is designed mainly for, I guess, businessmen traveling alone. And so now you have it so that there's a lot more privacy or they're starting to come through with a lot more privacy, uh, a lot more facilities. And um, in some cases, uh, it's getting much closer to the, the first-class product that um, we we have always known about. So, uh, Pre- in, Premium economy is, of course, different from economy. Uh, premium economy, yes. You, with premium economy, you're getting a legroom. Um, so... Uh, just that extra space. Um, I'm fairly tall at uh, six foot four, and I can tell you that uh, when I get into an airline seat, my knees hit the seat in front. Then, if someone decides to recline, uh, my knees get crunched. So, uh, premium economy is a good option for for people like myself uh, that are a little bit taller. Um, you get a little bit better service, but again, uh, that varies a little bit from airline to airline. And not all airlines have the premium economy. There's um, Qantas does, Virgin Atlantic, uh, British Airways, and New Zealand are a few. Scandinavian also have that, that premium economy product. So um, it just gives you that little bit extra room. And I, when you get to my height, every just an inch, two inches counts. As soon as your flight starts to be more than a couple of minutes long, and most of them are... That's when you notice. That's exactly. Things like that. Welcome back to Talking Travel on 2 and URFM 103.7, brought to you by a sponsor, Travel World on King Barry Warwick. We're going to Europe right now. Well, I thought, look, there's been some great deals out with um, leasing, and um, again, these are not going to last around. There's, there's early bird offers out, and I thought this was an ideal opportunity to just perhaps differentiate a little bit between uh, car rental and um, car leasing. So um, leasing seems to be more confined to the French area and with um, Peugeot, Renault, and... Um, Citroen, Citroen, yeah, mm-hmm. still, uh, still around, and so it's a great way uh, when you're there for an extended period uh, to achieve savings. So, uh, usually with the car rental, up to about 17 days, you're probably better off to actually stick with a um, a car rental. But as soon as you go over 28 days, and particularly if you're starting off in France, it's an excellent deal. Now, you'll find that uh, you can do the leasing in or pick up in other centres in Europe, and you can pick up in London if you wanted to, and um, also Germany, Netherlands, but there's usually a fee for doing so. Um, and the main advantage to the leasing is that the uh, the French give a, a tax rebate back to the company. So um, 
if they lease it out for a little while, it's handed back. They can then sell it as a demonstrator. So um, they've saved the, something like, I think the tax for used to be around about 30% or 33% on the car. So it's quite a saving for, for them, and that's what makes it a, a saving for you. Now, it's just like here in that it's as if you've leased the car. You have to take care of its services. So, um, you know, when a 1,000-kilometre service comes up, uh, you need to take it into a garage, but that's really the only disadvantage. You're insured, everything else is uh, okay. And look, uh, there's some deals out there in the marketplace at the moment which are um, allowing, um, for a limited time, you, you can get um, free GPS included in. And look, that's great because, you know, by the time you go out and buy all the maps for Europe, it, it can become quite an expensive little exercise. Um, if you're just buying maps for, you know, a GPS for Britain, well, probably that's not too bad, but then uh, start adding a few other countries in and um, there's, there's a saving there. So um, there's a couple of the Peugeot have uh, that are including this uh, free GPS, um, seven free days. Um, you've got to book and pay by the 20th of March, so... There is a little bit of an incentive to get in there and pay. Um, and also they will allow 50% off delivery fees on these models too. So if you happen to be renting um, in Frankfurt uh, or somewhere else or you need to pick it up in Italy, uh, this is a great um, way to do that. Now, um, with with car rental, I guess... Um, you know, it is usually better to book something before you go. Um, you might find that there are small operators over there that you can uh, achieve savings, but I think when you're hiring a car, it's probably better to have a car company that does have a number of depots so that if anything does happen to the car, um, you know, whether it be not not that they're unreliable, but, you know, if you have a breakdown or something, uh, it can easily be swapped over because there's there's depots throughout. So um, there are always good deals for extended uh, periods, uh, usually up to six days. It's um, the, so There are savings, but over six days, uh, seven days to 21 days, there are substantial savings that you can achieve on, on car hire. Um, and I guess luggage is the other thing that's always uh, a little bit difficult to fit into. You know, when there's four of you travelling and you think boot sizes, uh, a lot of the car companies now are, are giving an idea of just how much luggage you can fit in. Now, it's not 100% accurate, but at least it gives you an idea so uh, that you can have a look. And certainly, if you're leasing something or renting something that um, is sold on the Australian market, please go along and have a look at that um, the, the that car. Find Check out the boot space because um, it's amazing how much or how little different uh, cars actually have. Looking at cars and driving around Europe and driving yeah. yourself, two very good ways of doing it. Yeah. And that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Barry Warwick. Thanks, Jane. We'll be back next Friday on 2NURFM 103.7.